Welcome to day 351 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge, Matthew Kresge. We continue in the book of Revelation. Uh, we've just come you know, from one of the most glorious scenes in the book of Revelation around the throne of God as uh, the elders offer praise to the eternal God. Uh, you've moved from a very earthy scene where you have you know, the seven churches and their very real struggles, their very real problems, their, their inadequacies all evaluated by Christ and then our vision is lifted to the throne room of God and, and it seems like everything is as it should be. God is in control and God is ruling over the universe. And then the camera just kind of slides down to the right hand of the one seated on the throne and, and there's a scroll and, and for a minute that scroll causes a great deal of consternation mm-hmm. uh, because it has seven seals and no one has found who is worthy to open the seven seals. And of course the seven seals lead us into the rest of Revelation as the judgment of God ensues over the face of the earth. So we're talking about in the Old Testament in a period called the the day of the Lord, uh, the great and terrible day of the Lord. Uh, Great for us because it brings salvation, terrible uh, for the world because it brings judgment. So as we come to this section of Revelation, we have pictures of horrific judgment on the face of the earth with glimpses of God's safety, security, and and great care for his people as they go through the tribulation. So before we uh, read Revelation 5 and 6 today, let's do as we always do and offer this time and this moment to the Lord. Uh, Matt, you mind leading us in prayer? Father, we thank you uh, for this time together. We thank you for the um, for your word, for Revelation uh, 5 and 6 that we'll be reading today and, and the encouragement um, that we find in it, the comfort we find in this passage, and, and also the warnings. Uh, Father, we thank you that you are a God who has spoken to us, um, a God who helps us to understand and gives us um, wisdom. We, we pray as we read this uh, that we would glorify you and, and enjoy you. We would see um, Jesus in, in all of his beauty and, and splendor as the, the lion and the lamb. Um, as the one who conquers and is victorious. Uh, Father, help us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaim in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits that God has sent into all the earth. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bows full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them into a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice uh, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. 
Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say in a loud voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider had a bow and was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the lamb opened the second, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and behold, there was before me a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hands. Then I heard what sounded like a voice from among the four living creatures saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over the fourth of the earth to kill by the sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beast of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. I called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? And each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little while longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake, and the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves among the rocks of the mountains. I called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? So we move from a very warm portrait to, to a very <laughs> fearful portrait. Yeah. And of course, we're using a lot of Old Testament images here, and it would be hard to uh, count the number of images you know that uh, you know John is using in a passage like this but a lot of what he's doing he's taking from Old Testament prophecies and some of them he's kind of you know reworking and combining with new images and so we have you know the four horses which uh, you see a you know, parallel of in, in Ezekiel but they're a little bit different you know in this particular uh, case so you see uh, the seven thrones I mean the seven <laughs> seals uh, that are opened by one who is worthy. And what a beautiful you know, picture as you, you start out. Uh, we were talking about the lion you know, from the tribe of Judah who is the root of Jesse. And then whenever John looks on the throne, instead of seeing this you know, powerful uh, lion, he sees a lamb that looks as if it had been slain. Mm-hmm. And, and what a beautiful picture of the power and the majesty of God through the cross you know, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that uh, stand out in this passage? As a feeler myself, I am. Um, I love this passage because you feel. I mean, because of the way that John describes this um, this situation, um, you feel the weight of no one being able to open the scroll, no one being worthy, yeah. and um, you grieve it with them. Um, and then it just brings such relief 
to know that there is someone worthy and that, um, and that of course it's, it's our rescuer and our savior. Um, so I, I really love, um, just the emotional aspect of it. Not that it's overly emotional, but that it, it does it. We grieve, um, not ourselves, not being worthy. We know we aren't. Um, and we look around and we grieve the brokenness of the world. Um, and yet we, we have such hope, um, knowing that there is one who's worthy yeah. and he's the one who sacrificed his life for us to have eternal life. So it's really beautiful. Uh, so many rich images here. Usually when you have a scroll uh, written on both sides, you're, you're talking about a covenant. Mm. And of course, on one side, you would have you know, written the blessings you know, of obedience on the other side, the curses, you know, of disobedience. And this is going back to, you know, what the prophets had, you know, prophesied, or of course, going all the way back to, you know, Deuteronomy and the announcement of blessing for honoring God. And of course, the judgment of God that would come to those who, who dishonor, who dishonor them. Uh, usually you would have a will, uh, would be exactly executed like this would be written on a scroll and it would have seven witnesses and they would have their seven seals and usually you would open it in front of them that there had to be a death in order to read the the will and so you have a lamb who is slain by his death he has earned the right to unfold uh, the consummation of history and that's what is contained in the scroll is the continuation of God's story that we started at the very beginning uh, you know of the Old Testament and unfolds and the dramatic you know judgment and um reclaiming of the world uh you know by god through the power of the life death and resurrection of our lord jesus christ yeah i I love the i mean just the scene as it's unfolding and even katie just talking about like the emotions of it that we're meant to feel this with john Uh you know that when he looks and he Mm -hmm. sees the scroll but no one's worthy to open it you know and he weeps and weeps we realize that unless there is one who is worthy to open it like God's salvation project ends. I, you mm-hmm. know, the, and, uh, like there's, it stops. There's, or, or we're left with uncertainty left with, in the middle of yeah. all of this chaos mm-hmm. yeah. and, and no hope whatsoever. Yeah. And, and so opening the scroll and seeing the unfolding of God's plan is where you know John's readers gain their hope. Yeah. Not in their current circumstances because their current circumstances feel every bit as chaotic as you know, these next few chapters are going to feel as if everything is caving on and around them. And of course, one of the things that they need to know is it's unfolding exactly as the sovereign God who reigns on the throne Mm -hmm. in the presence of the four living creatures and the 24 elders. Everything is in his control and going exactly according to plan. And not only will he judge uh, those who have rebelled against him, but he will redeem those who have been faithful you know, yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. I, I love too the emphasis, uh, you, know, you know, especially in this chapter on um, not just who Jesus is, but on the work that he's accomplished. You know, that he says, "Hey, yeah. look, the the lion. Here's who he is. The root of you know yeah. the tribe of Judah and the root of David. And you got those Old Testament images, but that he's triumphed. And then he sees the lamb that was slain. And then the song that they begin to sing. These new songs where, and you just are reminded of so many times throughout Scripture where God does something and a, and a new song arises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but the song is you're worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. Yeah. You know, and, and just this emphasis time and time again yeah, on what of course Christ it's has a accomplished. Image that you know begins with Passover, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, uh, and holding back you know God's judgment you know from the people of Israel, and then of course Isaiah fifty three talks about you know the servant being like a lamb that was led to slaughter who yeah. uttered not a word, and then of course you know in a, a whenever Jesus arrives on scene in John's gospel, you know he says behold. 
the Lamb of God that mm-hmm. takes away the sin of the mm-hmm. world. And so it is a it is a beautiful picture, and it's just so deeply dramatic to me. You know, this is where my you know feeling comes in when you you're expecting a lion, and you look and you see a lamb, and you see the way that God has conquered through giving Himself, you know, for us mm-hmm. uh, on the cross, which is a very and, you know, it's an incredible image. Yeah. yeah, victory through sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have the seven it. horns and the seven eyes, and of course, that's not a very, you know, cuddly-looking <laughs> lamb you know, in that yeah, sense, because the seven horns, you know, the horns, you know, uh, symbol of power, and seven complete in power. And you have the yeah. seven eyes, which in the Old Testament, you know, talk about the omniscience of God and looking throughout the earth in order to strengthen those. Uh, whose hearts are totally, you know, committed, you know, committed to Him, and, and then of course the seven spirits is back into Isaiah, the sevenfold power of the Spirit which He has given us to sustain us in mm-hmm. the middle of this. You have a lot of seven always being completeness, and you have the, you know, the completeness of His power, the completeness of His wisdom, and the completeness of the gift that He has given us, you know, through His Spirit. So, can we talk about one of the seals? We can real talk quick? about Just anything you'd like to. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can talk yeah. about all of them. I have a question about one of them, but it's the starting in verse five, and it's the black horse and <laughs> the rider holding a pair of scales in his hand. Is that like symbolizing justice? Famine. Oh, famine. Okay. Yeah, I was confused about that. So, yeah. yeah. Can you explain that? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. In you, know, Paul can chime in too if he wants. But thank you, man. Yeah, you know, thanks for the permission. Don't just say me. But you know, you get in that culture when you would go to the marketplace or you'd buy food. You know, they'd weigh their food out by scales, and in times of famine, you know, those mm-hmm. they would begin to use, you know, those scales to mark up prices. They would add, so, and so what, essentially, what you're watching unfold are these, you know, these riders that come in, these horses that come in, um, and, and each. You know, horse brings a different, um, you know, whether it's, you know, is it judgment? conquering judgment, um, death, you know, whether it's famine, we're watching these things kind of unfold. Yeah. And, and so when you see this black horse coming and a rider holding a pair of scales and, you know, saying two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley, you know, you get this really inflated uh, prices, meaning that, that a famine is among you. And you're watching these things unfold. Yeah. Okay. You work you work an entire day, if you want to put this into perspective, you work an entire day and you can barely buy enough wheat just for a, a single meal for a single person, much less uh, you know, you're you know, supporting your entire family. Mm-hmm. And then of course uh, you, you have that nice little wine, but do not touch the wine and the oil. And, and this, you know, kind of happened, uh, you know, during Domitian's reign. Uh, there was a severe famine in which it was hard to get grain, but uh, somehow, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the 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 grape harvest was fantastic, and so the wine, mm-hmm. you know, was really well produced. So there's the image of not being able to eat, but you know, being drunk, you know, on wine. And Domitian even uh, uh, tore down some of the vineyards in order to plant more grain in the hope that he could relieve this. And of course, that really made people mad. Don't mm-hmm. touch the mm-hmm. wine, oh, <laughs> and don't touch, you know, don't touch the oil. Huh. Uh, in, in, in the middle of that, yeah. and, and then the paragraph about um, just those who have died as followers of, of right. Jesus, as faithful servants, was an interesting. Um, I guess that's starting in verse nine, the fifth seal. Is that right? 
Um, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they'd maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? And each of them was given a white robe, until, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow yeah. servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. I thought that was interesting. That was kind of like a very unique one to me. Yeah, and, and, and the martyrs here, you know, either represent you know actual martyrs, which uh, in the time of John was a you know a reality the church was dealing with that mm-hmm. people were mm-hmm. losing their life for their commitment, you know, to Christ. Uh, but uh, are the martyrs representative of the entire church that's undergoing you know persecution? Given you know, given white robes. Obviously, you know, a picture of justification or the cleansing that's taken place, you know, through the person, you know, through the person of Christ. And of course, it takes us back to the Exodus, where, you know, the opening, you know, lines of the book of Exodus are when the people in their torment cry out and God hears their cry mm-hmm. and, and responds, you know, responds to them. So this is a cry of relief from God's people that, is, that are being answered in the unfolding, that is being answered in the unfolding of. The seven seals, seven trumpets, and uh, of course uh, also the seven bowl, mm-hmm. you know, judgments, you know, that are taking place. But it begins with cry out from God's people and God's powerful rescue of His people, which takes us back, you know, to the image uh, of Exodus. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Katie has always asked her most profound question after we're thirty-three seconds over. <laughs> I'm time, so sorry, I was not even. Always. I was just waiting for Katie to give us like guidance on how to, to rescue. Yes. Yes. No, none, you'll get none well, of that the, from me. Well, at least you could do, Katie, is pray us out of this. I will pray so for sure. Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you um, for the wisdom that your Spirit um, gives us as we um, just navigate these um, these chapters of of your Word. Um, so I, I just pray that you would continue to give us hope in the middle of chaos and um, help us to continue coming back to your word um, and coming to you um, as you as you guide us, as you give us the hope that we need. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.